You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzford. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> You heard the Ramones doing a cover of a very famous theme song to quite possibly one of the most famous superheroes of all time. Why were the Ramones singing their um, wonderful cover of Spider-Man to begin this episode? Because we fucking forgot to talk about Spider-Man in the last episode. (laughs) So that's how we're opening At the Diner, the second episode for the week. My name is Mike Lunsford. I'm the host of At the Diner, of all of our GGR Pirate Radio Network podcasts um check them out there's there's i have my own solo one which we're now calling uh, mike explorers we've got mc brooks's solo joint that is the overflow with mc brooks we've got so many things out there for you guys to listen to just go to the website it's greatgeekrefuge.com and you can check them all out guys we fucking forgot spider-man we gotta talk about him those guys those fellows those folks that i speak of let me name them so you know who is on this episode we have the co-host of at the diner he's been a co-host here at ggr for going on three years now um i already mentioned it before he's got his own solo joint it's called the overflow his name is mc brooks hello hello i also have the wonderfully welcoming friendly but also will not take shit from anybody and his name (laughs) is james rambo yeah do no harm but take no shit it's real simple that's a fucking mantra to live by man i love it (laughs) We've also got the wonderfully talented, um, and honestly, like I mentioned it in the last episode that he's had us on his show, like if it wasn't for Yuli, there wouldn't really be this version of At the Diner or this version of GGR Pirate Radio, because I wouldn't have met Rambo if it wasn't for Yuli. And I've um, sniped many of his guests to have one. <laughs> 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 GGR Pirate Radio. So hey, thank you for we that. Are- 
we are all in it together, my friend. <laughs> it is Mr. Ulysses E. Campbell on the show. And Guys, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Of course, fucking Spider-Man. Like, how did we miss that? Because oh, because we were talking about all the other amazing shit. There's so much. Like Yuli mentioned, like Rambo mentioned, it's like a goddamn buffet of amazing shit that we get to see. And Spider-Man somehow got lost in the shuffle. The next Spider-Man movie seems to be so exciting. I'm going to kind of paint the picture here and then you guys run with it. They have so much shit going on with this movie that there are insane rumors about who's going to be in it because they're talking about it kind of being like a Spidey, like a, a, a multiverse, you know, the, the Spider-Verse. Spider-verse. Yeah, yep. it's going to be another version of the Spider-Verse like we saw into the Spider-Verse um, in the animated version. But like they've mentioned that we might see Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, that we might see... Uh, Jamie Fox I think that's Electro. confirmed. Um, I think that's. I think those are confirmed. Definitely confirmed there. But then we've also gotten rumors of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst and like it, it, fucking everybody is going to apparently be in this movie. This seems like it's going to be wild. I've heard Doctor Strange might pop up in this as I well. I think that's but, also confirmed too. Yeah. So, gentlemen, please run with this. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Like. How exciting is this going to be? Is it going to be too much? Is it going to be overload? Or are we not even worried about that? Because the MCU has kind of proven that they can take a lot of shit and still make a really good movie out of it. Um, so, MC, since you seem to be the knowledgeable man on this, <laughs> take the ball, dude. Run with it. Well, I, I have really, I, I kind of have mixed feelings about this Spider-Man 3 film. And it's not even because I didn't enjoy the first two. I, I very much enjoyed Homecoming and Far From Home uh, very much. Just... And, and, I, and I like how um, Far From Home ended, you know, in terms of setting up for Spider-Man 3. The thing is, I think what myself and a lot of people are kind of looking, we're looking forward to with Spider-Man 3 doesn't appear to be what we're going to get in terms of us wanting to get a Spider-Man film where, like, he's on his own, where where we can watch him be Spider-Man without, you know, help from Tony Stark or Nick Fury or insert other Avenger or, you know, uh, hero character, you know? And so on, on one level, I'm, I'm excited about the potential of all these cameos because I feel like it'd be really cool. Like it, it'd be really cool to see uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, if they're in it, you know, like, be part of, you know, to see all three Spider-Men together on screen. Even if it's like a two-minute scene, it would still be really fucking cool to see. Um, in terms of uh, several of the other people coming back, too, like, it'd be really cool to see all these different people. And I enjoyed the Spider-Verse film a lot. And I'm looking forward to the sequel that comes out next year. And, like, in terms of doing a live action, like, dope. There's rumors of... Uh, Sinister Six being being in this film, or at least getting heavily set up in this film, I'm excited for that. But on the flip side, just it, it almost like with all these people being attached to it, I kind of worry about. Um, I was about to call him Tobey Maguire. Um, what's the uh, Tom Holland? I worry about Tom Holland being a, like a, almost a side character in his own film. It's because of how many high-profile names we've seen attached to it. High-profile in terms of people who have previously played Spider-Man or been involved with the franchise. And high-profile just in terms of who they are in general as actors. And so, like, I, I just, I worry with all these people that are being rumored to be part of it um, that 
it's going to feel like Tom Holland will be in the movie. He'll be in a lot of scenes, but they won't feel like his movie. And I think for me, I really wanted to see kind of him on like kind of be on his own and kind of be Spider-Man in the in the way of the, uh, the previous films, in the way of the comics and in, in the way of the the cartoons that I remember growing up watching. So uh, I mean, I'm excited to watch it. I just I, I worry about too many people being involved with it. Okay, yeah, and I think that that's a valid concern for sure. I mean, like that. Um, yeah, because it, it, it was. I was reading an article that was basically saying like the thing that they promised that they were going to do with uh, Spider-Man in the MCU uh, was has not been delivered, and they were. And I guess they said the big promise was that we were going to get to see young Peter Parker in high school balancing the whole Spider-Man superhero, but still in high school thing. We really haven't gotten to see that much. And ultimately, I just every single time they've done a Spider-Man movie, I'm always just like, eh, whatever. I've seen enough Spider-Man. And then and by every time, I mean, like with the, the MCU stuff, every single time I'm, I don't make it a priority. And then I watch it after the fact. And every fucking time I am like, <laughs> God damn, these movies are good. And like, I'm almost kicking myself because I'm like, why didn't I see this in the theater? Why wasn't this a priority? And like, now I can tell you the next one. I'm definitely going to make a point for this one. But I, I see your concern with that. I hope that doesn't happen. But at the same time, I think that if anybody can handle it, it's it's Marvel. And I think that they have the right people in place to make sure that it's not a um, Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice where it's just too much shit crammed into one thing and none of it really makes any sense. Rambo, what, what say you on this one? Uh, I definitely understand um, MC's hesitation and, and concern. Um, I think, you know, he's describing sort of what we got with Civil War, which, uh, you know, technically is a Captain America movie, but it's really Avengers 2.5. Right. Um, you know, and I enjoy it. I enjoy the shit out of Civil War, but I was, you know... I was like, give me another cat movie. That's that's really what we were we were supposed to be getting. Um, I I'm very excited. I'm very uh, uh, curious to see what's going to happen. John Watts, I think, is is knocked out of the park. You know, twice now. Um, and I'm I'm down to see what a third one's going to be. I will say that I. The, the the current rumor for who is playing Craven, I'm not jazzed about, and I really like Keanu Reeves, um, but he doesn't like that. He's not who I picture when I see like Craven in my mind's eye. Um, uh, you know, Sergey Kravenov is is a big scary dude, and the John Wick movies are damn near perfect action movies, but even still. Like, that's one of the things that's so cool about John Wick is Keanu Reeves still looks like a sweetheart. He still looks like, you know, he's he's, he's not terribly threatening um, until you have the contacts for him. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what, what's going to happen there. Um, I think that a lot of the uh, previous film, you know, multiverse uh, Spider-Man stuff... I think a lot of people have kind of misinterpreted what's likely to happen with that, if it happens at all, um, in so much as yeah. I... Say again? No, no, go ahead. 
Um, I, I think that a lot of people are assuming that, you know, if McGuire and, and Andrew Garfield are in it, that they're going to be playing these big roles. And I'm like, more than likely going to be like 10 second cameos. Right. Um, like real quick cuts. If, if strange is there and we know that the next Dr. Strange movie is about the multiverse. I mean, literally it's called the multiverse of madness. Um, more than likely strange is there to act as either a guide or be like, Hey, something weird is happening. Um, and we need to figure this out. Uh, and I think that, that WandaVision is, is absolutely going to be the springboard for all of that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx and, um, Tom Holland has killed it. And, and every one of these movies is, as Peter Parker. So yeah, I, I'm very much down for it, but, uh, no, I, I absolutely understand MC's, um, hesitance because it's, it's, it's a fair point and it is, uh, easy to do particularly with Marvel wanting to kind of up the ante every time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought, you know, Far From Home did some really cool shit with Mysterio, but it definitely didn't feel much bigger than the first movie, which, you know, it makes sense. It's the sequel. You kind of have to build on things. Um, But yeah, I I think that one of the things that you get from one of the much more maligned MCU movies um, with Age of Ultron um, is even though it's a sequel to to the, the initial Avengers movie, there's a feeling, there's a more of a feeling of like an intimate danger. Um, and that's one of the cool things that, that you really get from Spider-Man in particular is the, the intimate connection he has with his villains. I mean, the, the, the vulture reveal in the first movie is like, like heart stopping when that happens. That is one of those like, Oh shit moments. Uh, and then you get the, the and then the drive to the dance um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's Michael Keaton is scary in that movie. Um, so yeah, I, I, I definitely am excited to see a lot of cool things happen, but you know, I will certainly, uh, uh, stand next to, to MC in terms of not wanting this to be quote unquote, another Marvel movie. I want a Spider-Man movie. So gotcha. I'm, I'm hopeful for, for that. Yeah. yeah. Yuli, take us home on this one, man. Uh, thoughts on what we're seeing so far with a uh, Spider-Man MCU three. Well, it's, I, I hate to be the one to break this to all of you, but it's not going to be a Spider-Man movie. Uh, there, there's just no way it can be. They have, there's too much that they, that they need to do in service to this multiverse that they're building. And uh, it's confirmed that, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in it. Jamie Foxx is going to be in it as Electro. Alfred Molina is going to be in it as Dr. Octopus. Um, you know, I, I and I I absolutely am sensitive to what has been said about this characterization of Spider-Man that is in this movie. I mean, he's he's in high school, <laughs> but that's kind of where it stops. And And the way that. I mean, the way Stark in um, Avengers 2.5, oh, I'm sorry, I mean Civil War, characterized <laughs> him as being a dumpster diver. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, okay, so so 
but he's brilliant and he could cobble some stuff together from stuff that he found in the trash. But, you know, they, they kind of made Stark his, uh, his rabbi, you know, and all of a sudden, I, cause what the, what I hated the most, and I liked, I've liked both these movies. Um, but what I hated the most was they didn't let Spider-Man be Spider-Man, you know, part of what made this, I mean, he's brilliant. He's cooking stuff up in his fricking bedroom in his aunt's house in Queens, you know, he's making his own suit. He's, you know, constructed these web shooters and, you know, the spider signal and these tracers and all this other stuff. And I don't care if anybody doesn't find that doesn't believe it. I mean, as cheap as you can get technology today, I could believe that. I mean, yeah, sure, it's a little, I believe, quicker that, oh, Tony Stark supplied all this stuff. But that that cuts the legs out from under the Spider-Man character. You know, let him let him be Spider-Man. And that's partly what we haven't seen in, in these movies. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, now you're going to, I think, essentially substitute uh, the strange character for Stark because – this Spider-Man movie is supposed to directly segue into the um, Doctor Strange, into the multiverse of badness. And we've seen plenty of examples already in WandaVision of Marvel's interest in developing the multiverse. So I, I really I feel like in service to that there uh, now there's going to be some cool stuff that comes out of it. I mean, even though. You don't have uh, McGuire or Garfield listed in the credits uh, for the Spider-Man movie. In fact, the way IMDb has it as untitled Spider-Man film, you know, and yet it is uh, it is scheduled, uh, you know, for release in December of uh, this year. Wait a minute. December of this year. Exactly. (laughs) So it's kind of like, oh. You boys better be figuring this shit out and you better be doing it quick. Um, I I, uh, I mean, I, all right. What the hell? I mean, they they basically got me. I mean, of course, I'm going to see it. Uh, I'll I'll probably enjoy it just because of all this cool stuff that they're throwing in there. Um, in addition to Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, what would impress me is if we had a Nicholas Hammond cameo as well now for those of you who don't know nicholas hammond played spider-man in the uh, tv series from the late 70s <laughs> so you know if you do that i'm gonna be i mean that's basically gonna be like uh you know showing the smallville guy you know in crisis on infinite earths i think he could like, last oh, be man. seen <laughs> he could last be seen in quentin tarantino's once upon a time in hollywood <laughs> I had no idea. I missed him in that. You know? He's the he's the director. He's the oh, director. Oh, get out! Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the guy who looks like Skaranko <laughs> or uh, or Robert Evans. Yeah. Well, and and at the time that he did that TV show, I mean, physique wasn't there at all. But in the face, you could believe this was Peter Parker. They, they casted him completely based on his face. And as an aside, he was also in Sound of Music. You know, with the late great uh, Christopher Plummer, so you know he was one of the Von Trapp children. Yeah, you know, sure. yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, though, so um, but yeah, don't expect it. Don't expect the Spider-Man movie anytime soon, regrettably. And it's a shame because Spider-Man. Hey, Spider-Man is one of everybody's favorite superheroes. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I had one of those uh, posable, bendable, uh, you know, the the plastic with the the metal inside the bend. I had one of those on my desk at work years ago, you know, and it was like, yeah, the amazing Spider-Man. I mean, in fact, quiet as it's kept, I've got a Spider-Man costume that I'm not going to put on because it doesn't look as good on me now <laughs> as it did 15 oh, years God. ago. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you can see pictures. In fact, I'll have to send you guys some pictures. <laughs> oh, oh my. Um, so <laughs> I, I want to give all three of you credit because I had watched these two Spider-Man movies, these MCU Spider-Man movies, um, along with Civil War. And I was like, I really dig this Spider-Man. I really enjoy him. And because what I was doing was I was going through and picking out the things that I really, really enjoyed. So, like, for instance, I love that Tom Holland actually sounds like he's from New York. Like, that's the first time I've heard a Spider-Man character sound like they were a New Yorker. Like, and, and I'm not just talking about, like, an accent. Like, hey, yo, let's go get some pizza. Like, he, <laughs> he, he has that new york attitude like he talks fast he thinks fast like he's he he has that down and like they've done some things that really hit the new york aspect of it like when he goes into the bodega to get the sandwich in homecoming and like just the interaction with the the guy who run in the bodega and the guy with uh and the cat and like he eats the same like all of those things are things i remember about spider-man reading comic books when i was a kid and like when he's sitting there, like up on the um, on the catwalk, not on the catwalk, in the um, the fire escape, eating the sandwich, like calling Tony Stark, and like there's a really really funny John Favreau reference there too, where he um, from Swingers, um, when Mikey leaves a message, a really really awkward vo- uh, message on somebody's answering machine, and at the end he says, uh, uh, "This is Mikey," like he does that too. <laughs> he goes, uh, this, is, this, "This is Peter Parker," and I thought that was fucking hilarious. But like they they get that New York attitude down. But I didn't think about that other aspect. And you guys are 100 percent correct that he's Spider-Man as the character, but he's not really doing the Spider-Man things that we know. And is that necessarily a bad thing? It is sometimes, yeah. But oh, I've really wanna, enjoyed the movies as well. I want to be clear. I disagree with that whole thing that Yuli said about that. That I like I, that is a very popular opinion. Share it online. That Spider-Man and the Spider-Man movies isn't really doing Spider-Man stuff, and I am not on board. Okay. Uh, Hello. Okay. Tell us, tell us, James Rambo, how you feel. Well, I I think that I think there's definitely something to that in terms of like you know he has the super fancy suit, um, but the whole point of the first movie is that Spider-Man isn't the suit. And that, you know, the whole latter half of the movie is him using the, like, the sweats that he made himself and, like, you know, having to, like, refill his his uh, his web shooters from the secret stash he has that he keeps underneath the locker. Um, you know, when he beats Vulture, and he does beat Vulture, he's not using the Stark suit. Um, he's only able to do it by himself using the things that he's constructed and his own will and wherewithal. Same kind of goes for, uh, uh, no, not even kind of, flat out goes for um, Far From Home. He's able to, to get to Mysterio um, using all the fancy tech stuff, but all of that shorts out or, or breaks 
by the time he actually has to deal with Mysterio. And it's only using Spidey Sense that he's actually able to fight him and beat him. Yeah. So I think that there's definitely been a healthy amount of um, focus on the the little techie things. And, you know, I could kind of take or leave them overall. Um, but I think that hands down, absolutely, the, the character that we're getting from these movies has been uh, a classic Peter Parker, augmented though he may be. Um, the the themes are consistent. Um, the 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 execution has been great. Um, yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, like yeah, him and Tony have a whole fight on top of a building about the fact that he's abusing his power, and if that's all he, if, I, I think Stark says something along the lines of. If you're not Spider-Man with with the suit, then you're not Spider-Man, and that's why he takes it takes it away. He's like, yeah, if if, the, if this is all you're going to rely on, then no, you shouldn't have it. Um, and that was one of the things I I, I really appreciated about it. And we even get the uh, you know, the 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 half mask image, you know, when he's when he's in the um, you I'm sure you know that the the issue number that it's a callback to when, when, <laughs> when Vulture drops the building on him and it's, it's a Doc Ock issue. Um, but yeah, like that yeah. whole sequence, um, like Peter does that by himself. And dude, and that's, that's that scene. Oh like, man. <laughs> if that doesn't, if that scene doesn't make you like, that made me uncomfortable because like Tom, fucking credit to Tom Holland, like acting his ass off in that scene where he's just like, like whimpering, essentially, like almost crying, like freaking out because he's like trapped I'm under gonna the building. I'm gonna die. Yes, yeah. and I'm like going was... to. Yeah, like this this adult yeah. man has arranged things so he's so that I'm gonna die so he can go and do some crime shit. Um, yeah, no, that whole sequence. I, I like intellectually, I knew he was gonna get out of it, but in wow. the moment, I'm like, oh shit, they're gonna kill Peter Parker. Like <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> Oh man, that's a that's a bold maneuver. <laughs> like looking back at it, I'm like, well, no, obviously they're not going to. Um, but no, man, and like, and you know, I'm not looking to discount anybody's opinion on it. Like, you know, I I get why, you know, people feel the way they do. But for me, I I think that those are like, you know, the the cherry on the Sunday in terms of like, yeah, it's 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 not necessary. It doesn't have to be there, but it does add a little more extra fun stuff. But when you get down to it. The you know, it's it's Peter Parker that stops the the villains in these movies. Okay. Um, yeah. And and the you know everything up to that point has just been like you know, just a a, a little a little bit extra. Yeah. Uh, I also think that it's they're doing different things with them, and and I like yeah. that after Tony was. Um, was gone after Tony died. The relationship between him and Happy was was really kind of cool, and like that Spider-Man essentially becomes like the heir apparent, and like he's in the back of the jet, like in Tony Stark mode basically, and you see Happy kind of like smile with pride as like he sees this going to work and he starts playing back in black and fuck what did he say he goes oh i love the wrong oh, i love led zeppelin or led Ze <laughs> <laughs> i i see i see the i see all the points that you guys are, are providing for this but um i i think it's cool that we're all just like we have trepidation to this but we're also just like fuck yeah more spider-man 
and uh, wait, wait, uh, counterpoint. Oh, <laughs> counterpoint. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-three. Uh, right ah, thank you. Yes. Ah, You're welcome. Never, never disappoints. Never. It's okay. Hey, what, did, what, did, what did you say the E stands for every goddamn day? <laughs> <laughs> My man. No, I, I um, Rambo, you made some great points and uh, and I appreciate that. Uh, I don't dis- I, I don't actually disagree with you. And um, I um, you know, you part of your your very persuasive points have swayed me. But the only thing is and this is something that I really do find very objectionable about these movies. Um, Spider-Man Spider-Man is a loner and I have I've never liked that about him. But he absolutely is. And he is somebody who, uh, you know, his father died, basically didn't know him. Uh, you know, his father figure, Uncle Ben, died. That set him on the road to becoming Spider-Man. And, you know, one of the tragic elements to this young man is that he lacks a mentor and but has been constantly searching. I was one of the things with uh, the captain, Gwen Stacy's father, the Captain Stacy character. And I'm thinking more from the comic books than from the from the uh, uh, Andrew Garfield movie. But um, that was the closest that he actually had to a mentor. But he didn't know because he didn't realize that Captain Stacy had actually figured out his secret identity. And he didn't oh, yeah, find that, that out. That reveals yeah. something else. Yeah, you know, but and, and and this is this is my issue with what I mean. Yeah, it, you, and you're right. When it comes down to it, uh, the brass tacks, he has had to do this stuff on his own, um, you know. But I don't even it, it, the fact that he's got Stark as a mentor and you know the closeness of their relationship. I mean, as good as it's been for the movies. I mean, I was watching uh, the tail end. Only was on TV, but I was watching the tail end of Endgame, and uh, one of the first things when Spider-Man, you know, the the uh, the the blip or whatever, when they come back, and uh, Tony Stark actually embraces this kid, you know, and it's like, oh wow, yeah, y- you really see how much. Uh, Peter Parker means to him and you see how much Stark means to Parker and you really see that in that uh, Far From Home movie as he is struggling with the loss of this man and you know so it's it's part of it is the emotional support and you know yeah it, to a degree when Spider-Man isn't the biggest hero in his own movie I mean that whole scene uh, you know with the um, the ferry boat and you know, he's he's doing the thing and he's webbing the thing up. And then, oh, here, Iron Man has to come ultimately and help him save the day. I was like, oh, man. I mean, yeah, that wasn't <laughs> the climax of the film. But, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Man isn't supposed to be able to count on getting any help anywhere, you know. And, you know, that that's that's been a key element to his character. So, uh, I mean, I understand, again, part of what they've done has been in service to the broader story, but it dilutes the Spider-Man character and in, in a way that I'm just unhappy with, you know, I mean, yeah, everything you said, and I agree with it. And I, you know, again, it's not like I don't like the movies um, and I won't be nearly as harsh in my criticism because I honestly, some of that stuff you were saying, I hadn't really thought about. And, but that's all very important in terms of, again, the brass tacks of when it comes down to it, 
we got to give this man something because he, he, he is the star of the movie, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, anyway, but yeah. And that, that's the only thing that I would just like to interject as far as I that. I want to, I want to point out that we had differing opinions about this Spider-Man situation that the MCU has and what they're doing with it. Yet none of us were screaming for the other person to be gone, to be done, to to be canceled, so to speak. And you want to know why? Because not one of us during this conversation started calling the other person names, started sharing conspiracy theories, started sharing um, horrible, horrible <laughs> racist tropes about, well, personally, my people, the Jews. And... I say this because this is the segue that we're going to use to talk about our last topic before we go ahead and close up for the week here. Any of you nerds out there know who Gina Carano is because everybody <laughs> was super excited to see her role as Cara Dune uh, in The Mandalorian. And she did a passable job. Let's all be honest here, okay? It was a cool character, and she's a shitty actress, okay? Okay. Well, yeah. she didn't have to do much acting, honestly. No, she didn't. Yeah. Carry, play that character. Hey, in there and be buff. <laughs> Gina, carry a big fucking gun. Done. Got it. And called a good star vehicle. <laughs> exactly. What? What's the reason I bring this up is because once again, you're seeing two sides of this argument. There is the side of rationality that is like, good, she deserved what she got. She got fired for running her mouth after I'm sure was told to stop. And we're not talking about running your mouth about like things that you, Oh, well, I, I feel that, you know, the way I was treated on this movie set was unfair or anything like that. No, it, it's, it's conspiracy theories. It's racist tropes. It's things like that. And like, I want to talk about this because the, the often stated refrain from the opposition for this is, oh, well, uh, cancel culture is just getting to be too much. And we mentioned it at the beginning of the show that cancel culture is not a thing. Just like Mr. Ulysses E. Campbell has said on multiple occasions, um, political correctness is not a thing. And I can't remember the exact words that you used, Yuli, but I know that it was something to the effect of, like, no, you're, you're being compassionate. You're making sure that, like, you actually take into consideration other people's feelings and thoughts and things like that. And that's what you you have a problem with. That's the same thing with cancel culture. It's not that you are mad that Gina Carano said some horrible shit. You're mad that there's now consequences for the words that come out of your mouth because there weren't before. And I think that that's what this really boils down to. I'm having my monologue moment right now. I'm giving my, my double bird Lunsford seal of approval on this one. But like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking sick of hearing cancel culture. Oh, I'm so sick of cancel culture. Really? Then maybe you should stop supporting people who are pieces of shit. And they won't get canceled. Because ultimately, Carano had an opportunity. Because that's the one thing that's consistent with this. Is whether it's her or whether it's... Um, let me think of somebody else. Uh, why can't I think of his name right now? He was in House of Cards. He was Lex Luthor. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. You know what they didn't do? They didn't take responsibility or accountability for their actions. They didn't apologize. They didn't admit what they did was wrong. They doubled down. And Gina Carano, as much as you may have liked her as Cara Dune, as much as she may have looked the part... When told by Disney, which we don't know exactly what Disney told her, but I'm sure Disney was like, hey, you signed a contract 
you signed a contract and you said you were not going to do shit like this to taint your image and then subsequently taint our image. So I'm sure that Disney calls it their fuck around and find out clause. <laughs> <laughs> but she fucked around and she found out. She got fired. <laughs> and the fact that you have people fuck like around Ed, and get fired. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> the, the fact that you have pieces of shit like um, Ted Cruz, uh, you know, known scumbag Ted Cruz who after Donald Trump insulted his wife and called her an ugly fat pig did nothing but lick the boot of Donald Trump every opportunity he had um also you know had no problem with traitors marching towards the uh capital and trying to kill senators which he is there's a problem with that there's a real problem with that if that's the guy who's got your back Gina maybe you should be looking around a little bit and like there was an article back in November when this first started, when she first started sharing her shit, that Pedro Pascal, people were like, well, Pedro Pascal hasn't come out and condemned what she said. You know what Pedro Pascal said to her after she said, oh, I'm not doing this whole um, pronouns thing. And her response to everybody saying you should put pronouns in your profile on Twitter to show people that you're, you know, solidarity for people who had to fight for their pronouns. She put beep, bop, boop. Yeah, because that's that. real fucking yeah. sensitive, isn't it? You yeah, know, like she, a robot. You know, exactly. So what did Pedro Pascal do? Again, didn't publicly condemn her, but said to her and, and Gina Carano was the one that said this to everybody. She said, you know, Pedro Pascal came to me and said, Gina, the reason why that we're doing these pronoun things is because we're showing the world. We're showing people who are trans people who have fought to find their identities that we are with them. And how did she respond to that? By doubling the fuck down. So she literally admitted that Pedro Pascal gave her the opportunity to try to fix her shit. Yep. And, what did, and how did she respond? By being even more of a piece of shit. I have zero sympathy for her. I have zero <laughs> sympathy for anybody who's been warned, hey, you keep doing this shit and you're going to get fired. And then continues to do that shit and gets fired. You know? And, like, try to compare this to James Gunn. Please, I fucking dare you try to compare this to James Gunn. Because James Gunn has, on multiple occasions, come out and said, look, I was an asshole, and what I said was wrong. Like, I'm just... And, I'm, and did yeah. as much before there were consequences for him. Yeah. He did not yeah. get fired from Disney and then go, hey, you know, I know I used to say a bunch of dumb shit. Nope. But now I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Well, I'm awful sorry after losing all that money. No, exactly. And I think that's why Disney changed course, too, and took him back. It's because they realized, they were like, look, we probably, like, we're overcorrecting a little bit on this one. But, like, I've said my piece. I want you guys to kind of yeah. talk about this as well, too. Like, I just, I'm, I'm so tired of pieces of shit trying to make us feel bad for enforcing accountability. And I mean, using First Amendment. That like, The First Amendment only applies to the fucking government. It doesn't apply to private business. None of your constitutional yeah. rights have been affected in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah. Well, people talk about being victims. Uh, I mean, on on the other side, talk about folks being victims of cancel culture. I I, I don't subscribe to that description. I I, I just think that is so freaking wrong. I mean, if you are calling somebody uh, who is being insensitive, uh, either culturally or you know socially uh, you know because hell what was it uh, disney said in terms of uh, a part of the statement was her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable mm -hmm. and uh, you know that 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 pretty much covers it and so 
uh, you know, part of the problem is that I think that there is a segment of the population here in the United States that has not had to think about what they say or how they behave. I mean, that's how you have, you know, somebody like a Josh Whedon, you know, who can, yeah, he's making money for uh, the movies and, uh, you know, what have you. And so he can behave in a boorish, uh, cloddish uh, way. I mean, in fact, beyond cloddish, I mean, you know, we're talking about, you know, lecherous type of stuff. And, you know, he didn't have to worry about it. I mean, this was this was well, practically hell and not, not practically. This was not socially until the last acceptable couple of days, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I and, and see, I one of the things that I've said and um, Trent Lott is uh, the example that I have used with this, because uh, to a degree, I have a certain degree of uh, of sympathy for uh, some of the some of these folks, because you know, you, you run around and you say shit for like your whole life, you know? I mean, and then, you know, Trent Lott, you know, for those who don't know, he was a, um, he was a U.S. senator uh, from uh, Mississippi, I want to say. And um, he used to run around talking about uh, Strom Thurmond, who is a um, very widely known segregationist and uh, somebody also who served in the United States Senate. Anyway, uh, at one point, the the Dixiecrats had nominated Strom Thurmond for president. And, uh, you know, they ran him in their party and he lost, of course. But years for years after that, Strom, uh, Trent Lott ran around and he'd be at public appearance and he'd say, yeah, you know, uh, you know, talking about the problems the United States has as well. You know, we nominated Strom Thurmond for president. And uh, if uh, if we'd have voted for him, we wouldn't be in this mess, you know. And for all I know, he said that the day before it sunk him, you know. But one day he came along and he said that shit. And it was like, oh, fuck. What the fuck did you say? Oh, you're a terrible person. <laughs> and, you know, so so the 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 social landscape changes so quickly. You know, what was once. Uh, completely acceptable, you know, becomes abhorrent and unacceptable. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes sometimes that changes. And dinosaurs like myself, because I'll tell you something, the pronoun thing, somebody had to explain that to me, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow. You know, I mean, it, it, you can't be of a certain age in this country and have been raised a certain way and uh, and not have to, frankly, overcome certain certain ideas or thoughts or beliefs. But I happen to be one who decided I'm not putting myself up there on some kind of pedestal. But what I decided was um, one was I wasn't going to be on the wrong side of history. OK, because mm -hmm. ultimately you got to take people as you find them. And, you know, you have to accept people or at least you should accept people for who they are. If somebody's a bad person, that's fine. But if somebody happens to worship a different God than the one that you believe in, or their skin is a different color, or, you know, they have a different sexual orientation, you know, it, what the fuck difference does that make in terms of how you interact with them? You know, and people in this country are so upset get so twisted around about what color somebody is and who somebody's sleeping with when it's really none of their fucking business, you know? And so this whole idea that, oh, uh, you know, I, oof, yes, there was something wrong with what Trent Lott said. There was something wrong with 
what Gina Carano posted. And particularly, you know, Mike, what you were saying about that whole lack of contrition thing, because it's one thing if you come around and you're like, wow, yeah, what I did, I wasn't as enlightened then and I was wrong and I'm sorry, you know. But if you can't even do that, if you can't see why what you said or what you did was hurtful to somebody else, you know, which is ultimately what it it's, comes down to. Yeah. I mean, shame on you. I don't shame think she you. cares. That's the problem. Yeah. It's not that shame she doesn't see it. She doesn't give a fuck. And furthermore, it's almost worse. I mean, I think she's a piece of shit. But, like, I've seen a lot of people pointing out. They were like, you know, she's been saying some crazy shit, but she's also taking a lot of shots to the head. And, like, I don't know if that's insensitive or if that's real. And I know that, that sounds fucked up. But, like, is that a thing? That, like, when people have had multiple concussions and have had potential brain damage, that they just say dumb shit? Might be an explanation, but it's no excuse. Yeah, it's, I don't, not, exactly. it's, not, yeah. it's not an excuse. She was... She okay, was like, head trauma is not going to make you be racist. No, it's not. And like, I want to give you guys a chance to 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 weigh in in on this. I do want to point out too that I I really went on in on Gina Carano, but like, I'm going to make it short and to the point. But honestly, I'm more sickened by what Joss Whedon did oh, yeah. because I read the things that he said to Charisma Carpenter, and it was fucking disgusting. Yeah. And she just had to stand up there and smile with him, like draped on her. Like I was, there was a picture. I was, I watched like 10 seconds of entertainment tonight. And there was a picture of her on a red carpet and Joss Whedon was right behind her head on her shoulder with his weird, gross beard that he has. Like, <laughs> and like she was smiling and she, she had to force herself to do that because he had said that she was fat on a regular basis when she was pregnant and only 126 pounds, like kept asking her, Hey, are you going to keep the baby when she was pregnant? Like who the fuck says that? And then got away with it and then got her fired from the show. Fuck Joss Whedon and everything he's done. And I loved the goddamn Avengers, the first movie, but like what a piece of shit he is to even have done that. But then it all goes back to this once you're in power thing, you think you can fucking get away with everything. And honestly, because you could, because we allowed them to, you know, like think of think of all the jokes that you heard about Hollywood and women getting roles because of the casting couch. Oh, those ain't jokes. Yeah. And exactly. But we all laughed it. We, we laughed it off. Because we knew it was true. And then somewhere along the line, it fucking stopped being funny. And it really never should have been funny in the first place. Well, even even beyond whether or not it was true, it became a matter of any time you saw a woman in any kind of position of power or in any kind of position of focus, be it in a movie or a TV show or whatever, mm -hmm. the assumption was like, you know, that's how she oh, got there. She slept her way to the top. Yeah. Because it couldn't possibly be based on merit or ability. It's yeah, and like it. What what makes me even sicker is I was just reading one of the guys, the guy who played Giles, uh, and Buffy was just saying that he's sickened by it because how did I not know? Is what he said. Yeah. And like I just I think back to any time I worked. I mean I work in a corporate environment. You guys know where I work. I'm not talking about it on on the show though. Like any time a a female was in power that the thought even popped in my head that that's why that they had gotten there. And that it just, it, it's a disgusting thought pattern that, that, that is just pervade 
our culture for such a fucking long time. And like, I have dealt with so many female managers and directors and like vice presidents that are all fucking smart as shit. And it sucks that the thought even came into my mind that that's how they got the job. And that, that makes me sick that I was thinking that, that again, that it's so pervasive that that's what is just in your head. MC, I know you had wanted to say something, man, and I'm sorry we've all gotten like <laughs> off topic here, man. Yeah, please jump in with what you were going to say before. Well, I was going to say that, I mean, in terms of Gina Carano, uh, I mean, she – I mean, she she's a lesson in fumbling the bag entirely. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, you had you could have had a good cushy job working at Disney, of all places, and instead you were like, you know what? I would much rather be the mascot for hustling backwards, because <laughs> that's exactly because that's exactly what she did. She could have she 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 was she was primed to be to 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 be part of a of a Star Wars show. That was going to be announced uh, at the uh, investors meeting last year. Then her her comments about the election got that nixed from from whatever the project she was going to be part of it, this, uh, whatever project she was going to be part of. And then she thought she, apparently she obviously thought shit was sweet because she kept going even after clear, uh, clearly getting warnings from or and, and conversations from Pedro Pascal and obviously I'm certain people at Disney probably had a ton of conversations with her about her social media use. And she was still like, no, 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 no. I'm ready to throw all this away for sure. And lo and behold, she fucked around and found out as we've been saying this evening. <laughs> and, and that's going to be the title of the episode. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> Actually fuck around and get fired. Like she, she, she clearly, she, she, yeah, she, I mean, I have, I have no sympathy for her. I was, I was only vaguely familiar with her because I have seen a couple MMA fights um, in recent years. So I kind of, I knew of her, didn't know anything about her. And with this stuff being the first things that I knew about her, she's not someone that was in, I was interested in following anyway, on top of her terrible acting anyway. So like, I mean, with her, it's whatever. I have I've, I've absolutely no sympathy for her because she's not, she's, she's not someone in which you can have a conversation with about whatever you, your differences are totally. and the, the language that she used, the memes that she shared, the fact she was, she was part of parlor, like all of that just signals like, yeah, there's, there's no conversation to be had. You've told me everything I need to know about you just from everything you've said and done. I'm, I'm totally good on that with Josh Whedon. Mike, I, th I think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head in terms of him being a person in position of power and abusing that power um, and getting away with it for so long. Because if you if you remember, uh, like there were so many people who were propping him up as like this big like feminist icon uh, because of Buffy and because of uh, work and stuff that he he allegedly had been doing behind the scenes. And it's only when people since people have been speaking out that we know that's not true. Like when his ex-wife told us how much of a piece of shit he was when it was announced that he was working on Justice League. And his wife, his ex-wife told us how, how terrible he was. People who are part of the Buffy community apparently have been like it's been something that they've known about for a decade. But because none of the actors have been so explicit in terms of detailing 
you know, what went on and how they felt and how uncomfortable they were. Like there, there really wasn't much of anything they could do other than just kind of discuss it among the fandom while Joss is getting to, you know, be part of Avengers and launch new TV shows and finish Justice League and do all do all of this other stuff. And it's fun. It, it is it is really gross. And I, I you know, like reading uh, Charisma's statement was was really heartbreaking because I, I heard her name so and, and I heard the thing about her being fired because of, you know, her being pregnant. But like it even in knowing that that was the reason, like reading it and reading all the details was really gut wrenching. And it, just, it makes you wonder just how like how someone like Joss, like how, how someone like that could be allowed to just work and continue to get work because it's I'm certain that yeah. That's the money and the culture. Yeah, that's true. That, that you, That's true. You know what's crazy, though? Like, just as a side note, like, again, I mentioned working for a corporate company. A part of being in a corporate company, you get a lot of training in the way the law is set up as far as, like, legalities, as far as, like, the things that you can and you cannot do. So, like, for instance, if you know about medical coverage for people and, like, the things that the uh, United States government has in place, like the FMLA Act, like the Americans with Disability Act, those sorts of things. Um, sexual harassment can be a thing where you can get sued. But Hollywood doesn't have to follow these rules because you can't fire somebody for being pregnant. You can't. It's a protected status. But, again, because there's money involved, they just get to do whatever the fuck they yeah. want. But you call and it something else. Yeah. Oh yeah. They course, basically you know, just, he basically of just wrote her off the show. That was basically yeah. what he did. He just wrote yeah. he just wrote her character off. And again, too, like because he was in power and he abused it. It's just fucking ugh. You know, God, hey, it's just gross. Yeah. Har- Harvey Weinstein, another yeah. great example. Now, something else I was thinking about when we were uh, talking about all this stuff. It's not always women who are the victims. Ray yeah. Fisher had his own experiences with Josh yeah. Whedon, you know, that he's come out with. Terry Crews and that cat Adam Vinnett. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like, mm-hmm. damn, for real. Yeah. I mean, all it takes is somebody being in a having power, ha- having a, a power over somebody else or yeah. some group of other people. Yeah. Louis C.K. Yeah. is a perfect example yeah. of that shit. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And can I say, too, I think it's really embarrassing that when people like Ray Fisher come forward, that it, it takes these white women coming forward for people to believe him. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's sad. It shouldn't have taken these 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 women coming forward and saying something for people to be like, oh, shit, he's, he, okay, maybe... Maybe he's not Jesse Smollett. Like maybe this isn't this isn't some BS because he couldn't go into detail uh, for whatever whatever reasons he had. You know, like and and the fact that even, like as much as uh, as as much as I dislike Terry Crews, the fact that his stuff got was memed, you know, for for so long mm, on Twitter. Yeah. You know, like after he came out and it was like that's like that's really embarrassing. Like that, you know, like. Far too often, we don't talk about men as victims um, and men refuse to come forward because, you know, a lot of times it gets turned into memes and jokes and, yeah, you know, you're like, less it, of a man. You're, yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it, the fact that they were that they even came forward and people, you know, didn't believe them and tried to, you know, treat them like they were wrong for saying something like it's it's like that's disappointing. 
you know, if we if we want if we want more people to come forward regardless of their gender, then we need to, you know, be we we need to be more consistent in terms of believing people when they say when they say things. Yeah, well, and beyond that, because the thing that got me with that whole Terry Crews thing, um, you know, and anybody who is who is victimized like that, but particularly that, because, you know, I, I don't know, you know, physically in terms of, you know, what Charisma Carpenter could have done. Terry Crews could have whooped that Adam Bennett's butt if he wanted to. He could have mopped the place up with him, but he was afraid of what he stood to lose or possibly even being arrested. You know, for mm-hmm. having beaten the man, you know, it's like you going to grab my junk. It's like pff, I got to That would be an I, I I I shudder to think how much money I would have to be getting paid to let some dude grab my junk and not whoop his ass, even if he's bigger than me. It's like, wait, wow. You know, I mean, that's just conceptually the world that these people live in where stuff like this is happening is a very different existence from the one that I live, you know, and I'm, I'm reminded of that. And I, I, I think everybody, you know, kind of needs to maybe consider that because it's not as cut and dried as, as you might think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's compounded. So not only is it a, a power issue, not only is it a, um, a sympathy and empathy, a um, that kind of problem, because that's what Karana's comes down to. She doesn't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. Yeah. She doesn't give a fuck what anybody else feels. Um, and, and you know what else with her too? Yeah. Is that, and this is the big reason why cancel culture is not even really a thing. Because odds are she's gonna just get embraced by the by the conservative uh, by conservatives, and yep. she, you know she'll be a talking head on someone's podcast or someone's TV show or something. Like there'll be an opportunity out there for her, you know. Maybe until some time some time passes, and they try to sneak her in on some some indie film or some upcoming show that that you know is is out of the the limelight. And ultimately, like she may make some, she may attempt some sort of comeback. And even if she doesn't, again, like she'll she'll find her way in some sort of conservative media and allowed to just continue on spewing the stuff that she's saying. And there, like nothing is going to happen to her. Yeah, because she's useful in that yeah. regard. You know, mm-hmm. and and they'll set her up. Oh, you, uh, Gina, you were a victim of this cancel culture. Oh, and, uh. and it's funny too because uh, someone in. Um, Shout out to the Mandalorian meme subreddit because I, I saw this image earlier of all of these conservative talking heads. You know the ones who do like who who uh, who do like uh, reactions and reviews of like nerd media and stuff. In the first, if you if you look up what so many of them said about the episode that she was in in season one of the Mandalorian, they were flying off the handle calling the Mandalorian this super woke show, this trying to appeal to women type show. And these are the same people who are now reaching out to her saying that she did nothing wrong. Oh it's yeah. Just, Fuck yeah. What's you, frustrating I mean, and then Rambo, you jump in, man. Take take the take the mic. But like I just want to point out like I was saying before it's compounded. It's it's a power thing. It's a compassion thing. It's an empathy thing. It's a selfish thing, but also too, like, and it, what makes it even angrier, me even angrier about this, is it's a fucking toxic masculinity thing too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
It's why couldn't Ray Fisher be believed? Well, because he's a man and he's he's soft if he lets something like that happen to him. Same thing with Terry Crews. Yeah. It's fucking mm. bullshit. While and ignoring like, that they had the most to lose by saying anything. Ray mm-hmm. Fisher is the least yeah. famous person on Justice oh, League. Oh, yeah. And flip it around mm-hmm. for just a quick second here. Let's say that Ray Fisher – let's just say that Joss Whedon was a dick and he grabbed his ass or something like that. Like just whatever. Let's say that this is the reason. And then Ray Fisher turned around and knocked him the fuck out. He would never be able to get a job in Hollywood again. Mm-hmm. He and may not be able to get a job now. Yeah, yeah he might not now. Yeah. Outside of outside of anything Zack Snyder works on going forward. Like, how fucked up is that? Because then he would be, oh, he's a problem. Oh, he has rage issues. Oh, oh, it's this, it's that. And I'm not even going to get into the fact that he's black. Like, oh, my God, you have a violent black guy? Oh, he's never going to – like, you're never going to hear the end of that. And that's fucking horrible that this is why shit like this happens because they just get to push it under the rug. They just get to be like, oh, well, well, he's just a create. Uh, Whedon is just creative and he's just pushing the envelope and and he's just trying to get the best out of his people. It's fucking bullshit. I'm sorry, Rambo. Take the mic, my friend. No, you're good, man. Um, I was going to say something and I don't know what it was. Um, yeah, I I think, first of all, fuck them both. Um, let's let's get that nice and clear up front. Um, Gina Carano is going to have uh, quite possibly a, a long career as a as um as previously pointed out as a talking head yeah for conservative news media now because she's an attractive white woman that can point to um having been canceled uh for saying awful racist anti-semitic transphobic bullshit um for forgetting all of the consequences that she should have rightfully and clearly deserved like mm-hmm. You don't get to say that shit in public when you know you're the face of a company to some degree and then be like, what? What's going on? Um, and, you know, as previously pointed out, you know, it's it's she doesn't even have the excuse of like, well, I didn't know. And I I come from like a certain background or I, you know, my career was was in a, a, a field where there's a lot of homophobia and transphobia and all this shit. And then, you know, someone I worked with opened my eyes to it. No, 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 no. Your co-star reached out to you and tried to educate you about this and you were like oh i'm gonna make a robot joke and then acted like a fucking coward because the the postscript on that story is that when people were like you're a fucking asshole for doing this beat boot bullshit she was like i it was it wasn't about trans people what are you talking about fuck you you're an asshole and you've gotten everything you deserve. None of your constitutional rights have been violated in any way, shape, or form. Um, you're, you know, there are consequences for your actions. It's super simple. It's very clear. Um, you know, I oh God, I saw somebody on Facebook earlier today say something along the lines of uh, um, when someone explained to to them that their nonsense idea of like you know first this is violating First Amendment rights was like, well, no, you can't just say whatever you want without anything happening. If you think that you can, by all means, work retail and then tell an annoying customer to fuck off and see how long you keep your job. Their response was like, well, that sounds pretty pro-corporate to me. 
fuck you. Like, you are just being an asshole, and you're obfuscating the situation with clear intent, and you're not worthy of anyone's time. Um, so, yeah, Gina Carano can go straight to hell. Joss Whedon, I mean, the question of, like, why Joss Whedon was able to do what he did for so long is, and this is by no means an excuse or a justification, but Joss Whedon's very good at what he does. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon... Uh, um, was one of the per- first people to to really start to integrate all of the nerd shit in the MCU. The reason that the 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 Human Torch android is in a passing shot in Captain America is because Joss Whedon did a rewrite on the script. You know, he was he was a script doctor for years. He um, he worked on Roseanne. He worked he he did a pass on the Toy Story script. Um, I don't say this to sing his praises so much as just to acknowledge the fact that, like, if he if he was an asshole who was abusing all of his his cast and crew, and he also was shitty at his job, <laughs> he would not have kept his job. Um, yeah. But because he was good at what he does, uh, he was kept around and he was given more power, and mm-hmm. he was able to showcase a face of hey look at this guy who th- th- there's a straight man that's making this fem- this feminist television um and for its time buffy was pretty feminist mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. one of those things that ages very badly uh <laughs> and like <laughs> there's a lot of really unfortunate shit in that old series um like you know you want to talk about early stages of the 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 raylo shipping kind of shit like i point you to the spike buffy relationships um, but you know, I'm not at all surprised. It, it, it's, it's unfortunate that I'm not, I'm not surprised by all this coming out. Um, and you know, I have been someone who has been very skeptical of Ray Fisher. And for me, I can't say that the way I feel has nothing to do with race, has nothing to do with um, with gender, because all of that is baked in. Like, I am a misogynist racist. I'm trying every day not to be. Uh, I'm actively working against it. But it's, it's, it's in the culture, so it's in me. Um, I am now much more... I'm, hell, up until last week, like, I was very confident that he faked those calls from the, the lawyer where there's that recording of the lawyer talking about how much of a gentleman he was and how helpful he's been. I'm like, there's no fucking there, there, man. There's no third dimension. And it took someone coming forward that was giving specific details like that's the thing that consciously I can point to and say now I am I am willing to change my opinion on this, but I would be remiss to try and act as though, oh no that couldn't possibly have anything to do with his his race or gender why would I even think that, um, so yeah I I do think there's more to the idea that it's just a a racial issue in terms of a racial or gender issue in terms of like it took a pretty white woman coming forward to to reevaluate things but i can't act as though that's not a, a part of it because it is um even if it's not a conscious part of it it's definitely there um 
but yeah, I'm I'm really frustrated and tired of all of this shit. And I didn't even deal with it firsthand. You know, this is this is these aren't even like third hand accounts as far as I'm concerned. These are these are, you know, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of degrees of separation from me. And the idea that these people are having to deal with this shit consistently instead of just in, in order to do their jobs. Like Ray Fisher was hired as an actor and in trying to act and trying to be a professional, he had to deal with this asshole who, who, who wasn't even the guy he signed up for. Like <laughs> he signed up to be in a fucking Zack Snyder movie and really unfortunate circumstances. Uh, all, all got, you know, all kind of conflated. This is not, well, not conflated, but like, uh, uh, all intersected at the same time. And, you know, he gets to have to deal with fucking douchebag asshole Joss Whedon. And goddamn, can I point out the fact that this dumpy nerd calling Charisma Carpenter in her late 20s fat is just the most stereotypical dick-waving bullshit of, you know, like, <laughs> I'm gonna beg on the hot girl fuck off dude like you're such a cartoon character you're not even clever or interesting with your awful bullshit um it's it's just it's so awful unfortunate i'm 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 not happy that i was you know carrying this um uh, uh, uh cynicism and um uh, distrust of Ray Fisher for as long as I was. Um, but I am happy that I can, you know, I can stop and then I could be like, no, no, he's there's, he's not making this shit up. There's no way he's making this shit up. Um, and yeah, it's, it is so, it, it's not that difficult to not be a piece of shit. And I wish more people would keep that in mind. It, it It's so much more work to be awful. Like hatred and, and uh, uh, all this fucking just stupid nonsense. You have to be conscious of it. You have to be active. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, acceptance is passive. You, you know, even even just apathy is still like, you know, you're not trying to, to hurt anybody. Like, you know, like Yuli said earlier, who gives a shit who someone wants to sleep with or is attracted to or or, you know, or the color of their skin or like it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect you. No. And, and it's just so fucking exhausting. It, and if any structure and by structure, I mean religion, I mean job, I mean belief system, has you looking at other people and their color or their creed or their sexual orientation and tries to tell you that they're wrong for doing it. There's a problem. There's a huge problem. And I, and the, that that's what makes this worse is that it's ingrained in people. It's taught. It's taught at a young age and like Rambo you brought something up man and I just wanted to like applaud you because like you very easily could have just not said anything about the Ray Fisher thing but like 
the fact that you brought it up and, and show that you you carry a bias un, unwillingly. It's it's there. It's the same thing that I was saying before. Like I don't think that it's right that I thought that about those female um, supervisors, but it, it fucking popped into my head and it was bullshit. But like the fact that you have to undo shit that you've been taught, that you have to undo things that are just so like repeated and so like part of our culture is just, it's crazy to think that like, that's your first reaction, you know? Like, well, well, Charisma Carpenter's obviously lying because she's mad because she got fired. Uh, what? That That's your gut reaction? You know, like, or the, the Gina Carano, everybody's too sensitive. People are too sensitive. No, man, people have been fucked for years and treated like shit for years and been told how awful they are by every single person like you. It's not because it's not that they're too sensitive. It's that they're finally having a voice and you don't like that. You don't like that. These people who used to just be quiet and smile and not really say anything to you are now standing up for themselves. And that threatens you somehow. And that's the problem. The problem that you're even threatened by the fact that everybody could be on equal footing says a really shitty thing about you as a person. That's, well, we got a lot farther to go before everybody is truly on equal footing, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, this is one oh, of no. the reasons why 100%. the gains. No, and, and I and I know you know that even as you're saying what you're saying, you know, it, one of the things that really disturbs me is the fact that whatever gains have been made, uh, we are actually now in great danger of losing those gains and of mm -hmm. having, you know, the, them rolled back. You know, this is one of the reasons why. You know, it was such a big deal that they rushed these uh, – well, that's particularly that last Supreme Court appointment of that Amy Comey Barrett, uh, you know, because that tips the balance on the court. I mean they didn't – shoot. If you had Congress uh, when um, – the Voting Rights Act expired. They're like, oh, we don't need this anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I beg to differ, and uh, particularly now as voter suppression, voter intimidation are being institutionalized uh, through with laws in a bunch of state capitals. These things are being brought in now. I mean, it's it's just, and this is just the start. That's one of the reasons why. Uh, the, the previous administration was so very dangerous. You know, I mean, you know, you have this guy who um, literally, by virtue of the fact that he didn't care about what he said and essentially was telling everybody else that it, you know, they should be able to say anything they wanted. I mean, some of the arguments that we're hearing in this impeachment trial, you know, are, are fascinating to me because. Uh, my understanding was, OK, freedom of speech. And we're talking about this. It's only good to a point. I mean, there are laws against yelling fire in a crowded movie theater. You know? I mean, yeah. oh, but my my yeah. right to free speech. Well, wait a minute. But at the point at which this speech endangers other people, that's where your right to free speech is supposed to end. And, and how is the president of the United States saying to a congregation of his fans all frenzied up all armed to the teeth all wearing um battle armor how is it 
him standing there and saying, they stole this election from you. We need to march to the Capitol. We need to and stop the steal. We mm-hmm. need to fight for our fight freedom. Like we need to fight like hell. Fight like hell. How is that any different than saying in a crowded theater, fire, because you think it's funny. It's inciting riot. And if it, it, it's there's no way that that's not different. And the fact that they're arguing that that's his First Amendment right is the stupidest fucking thing that I've ever had. And the fact that there are Republican senators in these as they're having these trials or they're having these opening statements that are fucking doodling on their paper and taking naps is fucking disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, and they they don't want to see. Are, they don't want to you know? listen. Yeah, you know. One wonders what when I I, I was musing uh, with my wife about this yesterday evening, because one wonders what would have happened uh, if the mob had actually say they had caught the vice president, you know, and and they had actually executed Mike Pence, uh, if there if attitudes in the Republican Party would be any different, you know. I mean, uh, I, I would imagine that the people who killed Pence would probably most likely be brought to justice. But if there would be any lasting repercussions for Trump as the organizer of this thing, you know, if he would actually have been blamed for getting his vice president killed, you know, who knows? It's it's just frightening that that this is what our world has come to, that Mm -hmm. people who direct superhero movies, things that are supposed to be fun, can harass their employees that um, stars of um, Star Wars movies or TV shows that are that are supposed to be fun and lighthearted and have a message about like fighting imperialism, fighting fascism. And you have somebody who's pro-fascist, who's a rebel. Like what the actual fuck? Like mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. you, you try to figure this out and you try to like think to yourself, how did this happen? And then you look at our fucking government. And, like, it's just, it's baffling to me. And, like, you know, you you wonder why we turn to geeky, nerdy things to distract ourselves from the real world. And then the real world rears its ugly head in these geeky, nerdy things, man. You know? (laughs) (laughs) There's no sanctuary! No, there... (laughs) There really isn't. But that's but that's the thing. We've we've gone we've gone long uh, this evening, folks, and we appreciate you, you hanging in there and listening uh, to us rant about these things, because these things matter and, and, and standing up for them is important. And that's that's something that we changed as as a website, as a podcast here at GGR, that we're going to stand up for these things. For a long time, we didn't. We didn't talk about the political. We just stayed away from it. But it's vastly important now to to, as Yuli mentioned, to be on the right side of history. Because being in the middle, being, oh, well, I don't want to take this. I don't want to upset anybody. No, that's horse shit. Yeah. It's also and taking a side and it is taking the right a, side. Exactly. It is taking a side. You're 100% correct, MC. And we are always going to stand for what's right. Mm-hmm. It's, and, it's, and you are yeah. to be commended for that, you know, as the uh, one who is the head of this endeavor. You know, the fact that you've been willing to, because it's a risk. It's a risk of sorts. I mean, this is a media endeavor. You know, there could be people out there who are like, well, I'm not going to listen to that podcast anymore. Cool. Uh, Bye. These these social justice warriors or whatever, you know, but (laughs) 
We've seen that recently. <laughs> we, have. We, cert- we certainly have. And not only have we seen it, we've lived it because it, it, it changed the, the shape of the organization. Yes. Uh, as the way we had it set up. But mm-hmm. that's the thing is and maybe maybe it's because I, I grew up Jewish and I and I had these conversations with my with my grandmother, who was my touchstone when it came to what it meant to be Jewish, is that you, you stand up for your people. Because not standing up for them is just as bad as being on the other side. Because what's what's the old saying about a, a room, like if there's one Nazi in a room and then there's 10 other people sitting around the table who refuse to condemn the Nazi, then you've got 11 Nazis. Hmm. Like, you have to stand up. You have to yeah. do something. Yeah. And there's a and, cost to not standing up Yep, is yeah. the other thing. I mean, a lot of people want to act like it doesn't matter, but it does. No, it does. It does. I mean, we're all I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I'm keeping score and I'm, I'm watching to see who responds and who doesn't, because that, that says a lot about who they really are and what they're more concerned about. That being said, you got a little extra bonus episode there. You got more than we normally give you. And we appreciate the fact that you still listen to us every single week. That's just, <laughs> it's amazing to me. It really it really truly is. I say this every Tell single your episode. friends. Yes, please do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come come to the diner for the pancakes. Stay for the conversation about uh, about cancel culture. <laughs> it's, it's, it's and the awesome. pancakes are damn good too. <laughs> it's awesome to me that this this was a um, a fun project for a couple of friends uh, to talk, and it just continues to grow um, to the point where. I don't know what's next as far as like, I don't know what to do. I can't, what what is a guy who created a podcast that was originally for like 500 people supposed to do when we have over, over 150,000 subscribers. I have no, I have no clue. This is all uncharted water, but that's, what's fucking fun as shit about it. It's we're going to figure it out together. We're going to figure it out. Me, Yuli, Rambo, MC, Jess, Mariah, all of our guests, I mean, all of those people that we've had on, we are going to work together to figure this out. And you want to know why? Because together there are no heights we can't reach. We can do this shit together. I want to thank MC Brooks. I want to thank James Rambo. I want to thank Ulysses Campbell for coming on this episode for this entire week of episodes. Our entire episode. I don't know how that works. I'm I'm tired. It's almost 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line is I want to thank them for their their involvement in what we do here for these podcasts that you guys are going to hear this week. So thank you all again for listening. Thank you for being part of this adventure that we continue to do. And stay safe. We're still wearing masks. Make sure that stays a thing. Keep wearing your fucking masks. Wash your hands. And don't be a juice bag. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!